Hey, welcome into Monsters vs. Men. This is still the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves, but we have a slight detour in our monster broadcasting this week. Uh, Alex and I are on a brief hiatus as we prepare for the launch of Marvel, not Marvel vs. Men, that's what we're doing this week, Alex, but <laughs> Monsters vs. Men 2.0. Um, we have a new series in store for 2022 right at the beginning of the year, so you don't have to wait very long, just next week. But in the meantime, we want to give you a taste of MVM Plus and specifically our Marvel vs. Vers- Men episodes on MVM Plus. Last week, we did Shang-Chi. This week, we're doing The Eternals. And uh, some have said these are some of our better episodes. Uh, they're they're unscripted, so y- you have that. But uh, they are enjoyable. Be on mm-hmm. the lookout for a teaser in the coming this week, probably, yeah. um, as we prepare for our episode in 2022. And the episodes are unedited, so you might catch a little extra something that you don't normally catch. <laughs> this is true. So be on the lookout for that as you listen to this week's Marvel vs. Men. And as always, try to stay alive. Welcome into MVM Plus. This is the bargain basement of the bargain basement of the monster podcasting airwaves this week a special mvm plus like last week marvel versus men uh i'm excited for this one alex we're doing eternals Mm. yes we are a controversial marvel film i'm so excited to hear what you think because it's (laughs) controversial but (laughs) I think you and me might be on similar wavelengths about this thing. I think we are based off of a few text messages that we've had. We have not discussed this film in depth at all so far, Um, but we do need to talk a little bit. Before we talk, actually, I will say, going back to last week um, in Shang-Chi, I talked with Neely. She gave Shang-Chi, I didn't know this, I gave it, what did I, three out of five? Mm Mm-hmm. she says it's a 4.5 or 5 out of 5, and she wants to watch it again soon. It's awesome. Um, she rates it higher than Eternals, for sure, uh, because she relates to it a lot more, is what she says. Anything else you want to add to that, Neely? She's she's sitting right here. <laughs> no wisdom you want to impart? Not right now. <laughs> uh, she says that in our conversation, she said that Shang-Chi is the perfect blend of comedy, rom-com, action, and what else? Action, comedy, and romance. Okay. I'm down for that, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. I may not have uh, bought into Shang-Chi as much, but she really did. She really liked it. So yeah. there's that. She did not buy in to Eternals as much. And we went to see Eternals in theater on a date night. Wow. I don't think she hated it, but she definitely didn't buy into it as much as I did. I'll say that. Oh, wow. Okay. To start, to start things off. Well, Cece liked Eternals. Uh-huh. Uh, she liked Shang-Chi. Uh, she did think it was a little long, but she liked Eternals quite a bit. Well, um, let's get into our quote-unquote film introduction <laughs> that oh, we yeah. don't really have for our uh, Marvel versus Men off-the-cuff conversations. But let's get into it by stating something like this, Alex. As the 
or what are, what are we on? 26? As the 26th entry, maybe, around that, uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Eternals arrives from director Chloe Zhao and introduces audiences to a brand new cast of over 10 characters. But does that cast feel bloated or is that cast just loaded? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of hard to say, right? Um, yeah. And that's mostly because of what you're... I think Eternals actually would have been a perfect three-episode miniseries. Mm. Um, is what I think Eternals would have been better as. Just because... It's this movie is sprawling. Yeah. Like we are going back to the past quite a bit. Um, and we're spending a lot of time jumping around, going like just seeing all these different characters, all this other stuff, whatever. But the weird thing about all this time that we have and all this time that we spend going to all these different times and with all mm-hmm. these characters. Is I I was telling Cece this when we walked out of the theater, like, yeah, it was a long movie, but I don't think you could have cut anything out. Um, there are there is a actually there's one plot element I think you could have cut out, or actually I think you should expand it on even, um, and that is our uh, bad guy, our um, what's his name, Icarus uh, Crow, no Crow. K R O, the monster, the deviant. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Um, he should have been expanded on um, a good bit. His role feels like it becomes trivial by the end when he is killed. Other than him, though, I feel like every moment is important, and even his growth is kind of important in terms of how it plays off some of our characters. Mm-hmm. Um. But I feel like there was more there with Crow that was getting ready to happen, and then they killed him off very quickly. Yeah. Um, but overall, these characters are awesome. I like. I agree. I liked all of them. Like, even you know, even though Icarus is kind of like a fuddy duddy, I still kind of like. I liked his presence in the mm-hmm. film. Um. And his personality played against off all the other characters because he's kind of a straight man, right? Yeah, he is. And, and the way he plays off everybody, I really like. And then everybody else has got such a unique personality. Um, I will say Cersei's kind of reserved, mm-hmm. but I like her motives. I like her personality um, in terms of like her objectives and her... She doesn't yeah. really want to kill. And so there's yeah. a lot of elements of these characters that... Really, I, I like all of them. Well, I'll say this. So I think just uh, in addressing a couple of the criticisms, I, I like this film. I like I like it quite a bit. Um, I, I'm with you. I think a miniseries, I don't think three episodes. I think if you look at the way that the Disney Plus series are right now with about, they could be different lengths of episodes, but they're between 30 and 45 minutes long, these episodes. We already have five episodes in this movie uh, alone, right? Of, of that length about. So we already have five episodes. 
if anything, we needed more time. Like we, we need more time to develop more plot points to spend more just time with these characters. I think the one plot point that falls a little bit short for me is the plot point with Sprite. Um, I think that had the chance to be a really interesting, like the fact that she's been made and she's questioning how she's been made this child. Um, but I don't know if it was the performance of her character or just something about that part of the story that didn't stick with me. But that that's a part that I felt like if we were going to cut a plot point, I would be okay with cutting that plot point and sticking more with um, our two main characters, Cersei and Icarus, um, and, and their dynamic at the end, just to add a little bit more to Cersei's character. Hmm. With that said, though, again... I wouldn't cut more of the film time by cutting that point. I would actually just linger more with some of the characters. There's a ton of beautiful cinematography in this film, a ton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just at the moment when you're like sitting with the cinematography and sitting with this character, it cuts because it has to move somewhere else. Right. And that to me is, is, is our pieces of the film that could be fleshed out if it was a mini series, but to, to go back to, the criticism of too many characters. I would disagree <laughs> because all these characters here, they're, it's not like we have 10 characters and they're all the main character. That's not the case. The main characters are really right. Icarus, Cersei, Sprite. Um, and you could say potentially like the, the fourth would be Thena. Those are really your main characters. Um, the others are your supporting cast. In, in any Marvel movie, you have a large number of characters, many of which are supporting characters. So I don't think like the fact that we have 10 new heroes here is much of an issue because they're not all the main characters. Many of them are supporting characters, and they come into the story one by one. So I don't, I don't really get into that criticism too much. Um, another criticism is that it's too long or that there's weird humor I actually thought that the humor here in this one was more reserved than in some of the other um, Marvel movies. And I actually, actually thought the timing of the humor worked well here. Whereas in a couple other Marvel movies, the humor has just felt like really at that moment, we were going to put in a line here. The humor felt a little bit more appropriate because of who the characters were. They're eternals. Like they've, you know, like they, it feels natural for them to be making these jokes because mortality isn't a huge thing for them, right? They're not thinking about death and dying and the people because time is just a different sort of idea for, for these sorts of beings. And then also, I don't think they, um, I don't know, I, I don't think we ever get those moments uh, where the the humor is just over the top or takes over. It's more serious a little bit than mm -hmm. other Marvel films, I would say. It, it definitely is. Um, you know, we're this is a, a very, in a lot of ways, this is a stylistically different Marvel movie. This is uh, comedy-wise. It's definitely, like you said, more reserved. But it's still got its moments. Um, but they, you're, you're right. I think they feel like they land pretty well. I think the closest it gets to maybe, uh, a very, I guess, Marvel character is 
one of the characters I absolutely loved, and you, I don't know if you did or not, but um, Harish Patel as Karun, who Kinga. had yeah. no Har- Karun, the oh, yeah, 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 Kiga's right. assistant, who yeah, kept yeah, having yeah. the cameras during that battle. Dude, yeah, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> he just had, oh, yeah, he just had three cameras out of nowhere, sure. and it's just so good. Like, <laughs> um, but the the humor I feel like really lands now. I could see some people maybe having a problem with it just because it tonally almost feels it's not quite there because it's not all gritty or whatever, but it totally kind of and visually even kind of looks like a Zack Snyder um, DC movie. Uh, it's a little darker. Uh, the sun's never quite as bright as it is in mm-hmm. most Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have a very Icarus is a very Snyder-esque Superman. Yeah. Uh, the way he carries himself and everything about him. And she's even said that a Snyder Superman is the inspiration for Icarus. Oh, that's so cool. So she, she's yeah. already said that. Um, and you could see it. Like, it, it's plain yeah. as day. If you've watched those movies and you've seen seen him, it, it's clear that there there is an inspiration there for it. Yeah. What I like more about Icarus than I do Superman is that Icarus gets whooped a couple times, right? Oh, that's one of the coolest action scenes is when they're in that um, little village where Druig has yes. become the leader, and he just gets destroyed by the Deviant, and it's, it lingers there. It's almost like, I feel like the inspiration behind that moment was the bear scene in... Uh, What's that movie called, Alex? The Revenant. The, the, the Re, what was it, Revenant? Yeah, The Revenant. Yeah, like that was the inspiration for that scene was when the Deviant is just destroying uh, Icarus. It had to be inspired by the Revenant bear scene. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Like, I just I like that he gets beat on multiple occasions. He doesn't feel impossible to beat. He feels hard to beat. It's going to take a lot to take this guy down for sure, um, which is a big different difference between him and Superman. Superman feels completely unstoppable, whereas this guy he can be beat and he does get beat twice in this movie. I mean he he's gonna, he loses that revenant. He has to get saved, and then he loses to to the Eternals when he has to go up against them. They pin him down, and he can't actually. He doesn't actually lose. He even that he he gets pinned down for a while. If they wanted to kill him, they probably could have killed him. Mm-hmm. But it's the same for him. If he wanted to kill them, at the end of the day, he could have ended up killing them. And he and at the end, he chooses yeah. not to, which yeah. is uh, very cool. And that's something that makes this movie a lot. So I know you're not a big Doctor Strange fan. Um, mm-hmm. for a lot of the mystical reasons, but I think something you probably do appreciate is how it handles its final conflict with the monster. It's Doctor Strange outsmart- outsmarting Dormammu and becoming so annoying to Dor- Dormammu that he essentially like says, "Never mind, I can't handle this. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're driving me nuts instead of him mm-hmm. uh, driving Strange nuts." And so it's a, it's a moment of Strange's wit winning Strange the day nice. instead of power. Um, and what'd you say? 
Strange nuts. Strange nuts. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and what I like Sorry. about this is that you know this whole thing is about a group of people who really care about each other. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day, like Icarus and Cersei's whole arc is about love, right? And he can't bring himself to hurt her. But what I really like is there's a lot of forgiveness in this movie, like. They forgive Icarus immediately for everything that happened, even killing Ajax. And they even forgive um, uh, Kingo for abandoning them. Right? Because mm-hmm. we see them later on. Like, they, you know, forgive, it, they forgive uh, Sprite. They forgive Sprite. For sta- Cersei forgives Sprite for stabbing her in the back. Yeah, and so like, there's a lot of forgiveness here where... Ultimately, uh, most people didn't have to die. Ajax did because that was Icarus's choice, but it's clear that he couldn't make himself do it again. Um, Especially for someone he cared about more than Ajax. But I just like that there's so much forgiveness here. And the only person that really bites it out of like malice is Crow. And that's Angelina's character whose main solution is probably violence. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's what she lives mm-hmm. off of. Mm-hmm. But she was also in a situation where she didn't have an option. Yeah. Now, um, a criticism. I mean, I would say one thing here. I, I wasn't like enthralled by the action scenes. Most of the action oh, scenes. Ooh. I said they were fine. Um, but like, I don't know. At a certain point, CGI just becomes like, overload and it balanced off like here's the thing though like as much as there was cgi in this film there was also just great locations this is a film that goes everywhere and a lot of it is on location and you see a lot of really cool sets and places where the story is taking place so as much as i dislike some of that cgi overload um it was nice to see a bunch of different locations. Um, and some of their powers were awesome. I think for me, the standout is Cersei and Cersei's power. Um, mm. I, I just think Very cool. that idea, the idea behind that is, is really awesome. The fact that she can repurpose anything to create something new. And so when she create, when she recreates that deviant into a tree, I'm yeah. like that is awesome, and then there's that moment at the end where, uh, towards the end, where something's falling towards her, and she recreates it into a flock of birds that flies away. Oh yeah, it's uh, a it's a piece of the volcano. It's erupting. Yeah, and so she <laughs> turns into yeah, it's like some birds. erupting volcano. She repurposes into a flock of birds that flies away. Like Dude. that's awesome. Right? It is this awesome. idea of repurposing and recrafting and recreating something um, into something new. That's neat. (laughs) That's a cool power. And they use it creatively in this film. I also like the fact that we don't build up to this final crazy battle um, that has like armies and a whole bunch of people at stake. Yes. Yes. The entire world is at stake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like like you can't have any higher stakes right but it still feels somewhat local and not this gigantic battle does that make sense yeah um, i think that that's a testament to 
the film's ability to make even the end of the world feel like a personal battle for them because it it is because the people they're going up against ultimately who are making the decision to end the world are you know their friends mm-hmm. they're having to go up against sprite and um i don't know if Icarus. you can hear that that's why i think um but uh the, eventually they're, they're having to go up against icarus and sprite right that's it's the only thing standing in their way otherwise they would have they could stop it no problem yeah. And so it does feel personal, even though it is massive in scale. Yeah. Um, I'm, I guess I shouldn't be because I know you don't usually like the CGI or whatever, anyways. But I absolutely love the fight, the fight scene that happens between um, Icarus and Makari, who mm. is a great character. I think like she shows a lot of emotions without, you know, having to speak because. She she is deaf, mm-hmm. um, and I think she does a really great job. She is able to convey a lot of emotions without having to do anything like that. She's like she's she's immediately likable, but the fight scene between her and Icarus is awesome because of the choice in music. There's like these heavy, really heavy guitar riffs that we have not heard in the MCU. Like these, these guitar riffs are just way harder than anything we've heard in the MCU. And they are so awesome when she is speeding and just slamming him into a wall over and over and over and just creating that bigger and bigger crater. Like, dude is so like, I was all all on board. Like this scene is so awesome. No, some of the, some of the things they do creatively in the action scenes are great. Um, yeah, it, just some of the some moments were a little over the top for me. Uh, those very specific moments are really well done. Um, I thought the the Thena battle was any anytime Thena was was fighting, she was pretty awesome too. Yeah, because it's like when she she's fights, she fights like character. she's dancing. Yeah, great character. Um, Thena is, I think, like this tortured sort of unstable um, powerhouse. Powerhouse. Like that is a cool goddess of war character, right? Like that is that is cool. Is um, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think that's a great casting choice. Angelina Jolie as her is a great casting choice. Which they deserve a lot of props for handling Angelina Jolie as a Marvel character that is not a main character really mm. so well because she could easily take over this movie, right? Angelina Jolie as an actress. But yeah. they managed to handle her character so well that she doesn't feel out of place. Angelina Jolie does not feel out of place in a movie where she is with all these other no. char- actors who are, frankly, not a tier. No, right? They're not. Right? They're not. None of these characters, none of these actors are. Um, now, do they have the potential to be? A couple of them. I would say, and maybe we'll get into that here in our awards for just a, in just a second. But no, she does not feel out of place. Um, yeah, I think that's maybe a good transition into our awards, Alex. Yeah, unless you have any other talking points, I think no, look, our awards look, will give us more talking. I think points. our awards will give us more. Yeah. So, coolest character who who do you have for coolest character? Uh, you probably got the same idea as me, probably, but no, maybe not. I'm gonna go Gil- Gilgamesh. Okay. All right. No, I don't have the same idea. I love Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh. man. He is so charming and lovable and 
the way they do his super strength is pretty cool. Um, just because it feels so effortless for him when he does slam into things. Um, it's not quite like the Hulk where his punches like follow through. It's almost like things bounce off of his fists, mm-hmm. which is very cool. And um, I also really, his personality and the way he handles Thena is funny. And, you know, I, I can't tell if he actually made his own alcohol by chewing on corn and spitting it out and fermenting it or not. But I love <laughs> that he plays with them by getting yeah, it going, yeah. going into that. And <laughs> yeah. He's just so lovable. And I had a feeling he was going to die when it, when he got left alone with all, with the, the monsters and Thena was having a breakdown. You know, you kind of see where that's going once that starts to happen. Um, but you know, I think he's an awesome character. Uh, I wish they didn't kill him just cause I liked him so much. Yeah, no, no but no. he's important for Thena to development. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, before I give my coolest character, a character we haven't really talked about yet as well. We didn't talk about Gilgamesh, but my character we haven't talked about. Um, really, Cersei, I, I think, is awesome. Um, after watching this movie, I had uh, actually looked at some of the criticisms online. And, and one criticism was that she just wasn't a memorable lead character it wasn't a memorable lead performance i see why you would say that she's very understated right in in who she is but i think that's kind of the point you know she she's not meant to be the leader of this team um right she is i mean she is the leader of this well yeah but but she wasn't meant to be icarus was going to but he flew too close to the sun right (laughs) The, the others the others do not view her as the leader but she's grows into that, right? It's she's recreating this group dynamic, just like her powers do. She's, she's trying to recreate this team and, and really figure out things like they've just been handed some pretty heavy truth that the purpose that they've been existing for, for thousands of years is not their purpose. Holy cow. What they thought. Eric. Yeah. I didn't know this. Uh huh. She's another character in the MCU. Yeah, she was in like Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, she gets killed. She's Minerva in the oh, MCU. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Ran, pretty random. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but she's back <laughs> yeah. as a different character. And I I think she I think she does a fine job. Um I, I actually like her character. I like that she's kind of addicted to her phone. <laughs> um, yes. I love that like, detail. It's such a good it's detail. It's a great little detail because it's like a god is addicted to their phone as well. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, but my coolest character is uh, kind of a slime ball, I would say. But he's cool in just how the movie handles him, and that's Druig. Um, okay, yes. Druig, when you see the trailers of this movie, and you're just looking at these characters, and you see the very first interactions with Druig, you're like, oh, this is the bad guy. Right. <laughs> this this is the bad guy 100%. And you look at it and then you know and then you figure out his power is manipulating people, mind control. And you're like, "Oh man, man, this is the bad guy of this film." Uh clearly, right? Clearly he's the bad guy. But turns out he's not, right? He's not the bad guy. Um he's just the one that 
might have the most compassion for the world around him. There's that scene when he finally gives in and, and uses his power to stop the fighting. And he's like, I can't stop. I can't not do anything anymore. Like this is ridiculous. In some senses, he has the most compassion of all of the Eternals um, because he cares about what happens to the people. Um, before yeah, He also has the most, well, not most, but he also has some genocidal tendencies. It seems like as well. Right. That's the thing is like, he has a lot of compassion Mm-hmm. But he's also teetering on the verge of being very, very dangerous. He does, but I don't. Th- he never goes there, right? No, like, he, d- he doesn't go there. But it feels like he's teetering, right? It feels like it feels like he's teetering, um, which is hmm. yeah. You're like that's why another reason you're like, is he going to be the bad guy? Um, but he's not, right? Like he he doesn't ever go past this point of. Right. You know, where it's, it becomes like he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. He never goes to that point where he is the like dictator of humanity and not giving anybody a choice in anything, um, which is cool. Right. I, I thought that was an interesting twist on this sort of uh, character. And it kind of goes into um, one thing I like about My Hero Academia and just the fact that how sometimes these interesting powers are twisted in ways um, that feel fresh and new, such as the mind control character in My Hero Academia. Yeah. Which you'll see more in season five. He's in it more. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> uh, um, next is, uh, how about, do you have any memorable lines? Uh I'm sure there was one or two from a character uh, called uh, that we haven't even talked about at all. Uh, Fastos. Fastos. Uh-huh. I can't believe we yeah. haven't talked about him at all because he's yeah. got some pretty, his fight scene was surprisingly good with uh, Icarus. Oh yeah. With the way all of his abilities played out. I thought that was pretty cool. And I did like that. He was actually able to hold Icarus down by himself yeah. for a little while, which is, you know, you don't, cool. it's very cool. It was very cool. Um, <clears throat> I think you know. There's probably a line somewhere in there. That's I'm sure. uh, yeah, I'm good. sure. Like there one you of go. his that's lines it. That was at my home. You know, whenever like they're they're at his home, you know, and invading his home life, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> these are my friends from college." <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. That's probably my line. Just because it got funnier each time someone said it, yeah, and it's yeah. it's even funnier that each time they said it. More and more people, it seemed like, around them were like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I like the idea of Fosto's um, living this domestic life. Uh, and you could tell, like, that he had disclosed everything to his partner. His partner knew exactly what was going on, in a sense. Like, he knew who Fosto's was. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that it, which was an interesting contrast to Icarus and Cersei, right? Where Icarus mm-hmm. was holding something back from Cersei, um, and wasn't telling her the full truth. Yeah, and I, another element I liked of it is I, I liked his brief backstory because of a how short it was, but really yeah. mostly because of like it is like you know you could see that moment being the one that could break somebody. Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I like that too. It, it, Fostos is a good example of a character that's not one of our lead characters, right? He's a supporting character, um, but still well done. That's what's impressive about the film is like each of these 10 characters still has an element of their story fleshed out, but they're not all the main character. There's supporting characters within there and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, go ahead. No, do you have another line? No, oh yeah, my line was uh, it was between Kingo and Druig. Druig is like says something along the lines of "You've just been acting like this whole time." He, and Kingo's like, "I've directed some things too." <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I've directed some things too. And then he's like, uh, "He's like, uh, I've got my own channel on YouTube." And Druig is <laughs> says something along the lines of, "Oh yeah, how many how many views you get?" And I don't do it for, don't do it for like, the views. I don't do it for the views. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh so hard at that point. It's so good. Oh, that it's was so, so good. good. Yeah, I don't know if that's the exact interaction, but that was that was classic. I loved it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what about? Uh, can't believe the acting award. Any of the acting stand out? Uh, yeah, for me, I think I got to give it to, you know what, I'm going to give it to, uh, I'll give give it to Kumail. I think he did a pretty good job doing like the smarmy, you know, he probably had to have the most range because everybody else is kind of ho-hum for the most part, except Mm -hmm. for Gilgamesh and Kumail. Mm-hmm. They're probably the only two that uh, take a stab at comedy. Yeah. And they, I think they provided some much needed levity for that. Yeah. But then Kamel does a great job with uh, with Kingo when he has to make the decision to not team up with everybody. And yeah. he sells it as like a, you know, this is just a disagreement, right? Yeah. And he really, se- he really sells that moment of being sad that he can't help his friends because it it departs with his ideals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm actually going to go with the 11th character <laughs> in this movie. And my, my, uh, can't believe the acting goes to Kit Harrington, actually. Oh, who plays Dane. You're right? just doing so that because you're watching Game of Thrones right now. Who no? It, it's actually not because uh, I think he's. I think his his acting is okay in Game of Thrones. It's fine. Um, I, he's never stood out to me. He, like he's here. better in this than he is in Game of Thrones. In this, like in the short time that he is yes. there, I think he's actually really um, charismatic. Like I think he's like a, a lead man in a future movie. And I was thinking off, the same which, thing. And I didn't Which think I, I would think that about him. No, I, w- I wouldn't think that until I saw him here and I thought he was really good. Um, people talk about him. Uh, people talk about him like when Game of Thrones was on, like he's just like really not that great of an actor. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, may, maybe the one of the, some people thought maybe he might be one of the weaker parts of the show uh, in terms of performance. Oh, really? hmm. um, I, I don't know if I agree with that, but, People don't seem to think that he might be a very good actor. I think it's hard. I think he has a hard role to play. Jon Snow is a hard role to play just because of 
I think. Like there's he's playing <laughs> he's playing like maybe the one good character. In, yeah, you have to be conflicted about everything you do the entire show. Yeah, you, you have to and look conflicted the whole time. He has to be conflicted time. about everything that he does the entire time where yeah. all the other characters are hardly conflicted at all. <laughs> so they just do, they right? Just do whatever they um, want. Yeah. And so that makes him stand out a little bit as like is this is he is he selling his part here? I think he does a good job at being conflicted and you see that in his performance. But I that's not the charismatic role that we see here where there is this more of this purpose and it's interesting because there are layers to that performance um that we don't mm-hmm. find out until the end. I didn't know that he was this what's this character, Alex? The uh, Black Knight. Knight. Black Knight. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, um, Dude, but I'm excited for that. I it's can't be wait. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His whole the, thing the is he's got a scene with uh, the blade voice. Yeah, <laughs> <That'd be> awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool, right? Yeah, and cool. I, I'm excited to see. I don't know if he'll be in Blade's movie or not. Uh, I feel like they won't do that, but they could. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting because he's a the Black Knight's a pretty different character too. I mean. He's someone that goes insane. The characters here, and yeah, I mean, you're getting so. I mean, you're getting you're getting deep into the weeds with some of these characters now. Um, But the cool thing about Black Knight, and it'll be interesting how they tackle it. Is he goes crazier the longer he fights. Mm. So the more he kills, the more he fights with the sword, the crazier he gets. That's cool. Yeah, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Hmm. I feel like there will be some sort of blade tie-in because of that post-credit scene, right? So. There has to be. I mean, why would Blade just pop in? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope Blade gets mostly his own movie. I but imagine if he, so. If he had a little bit of a team-up, uh, that'd be okay, too. Um, it doesn't feel like anyone's getting their own movie at this point. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. like that. It feels like those days might be done. Yeah. Um. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. You know, but it yeah. feels like every movie is, it might be a team up now, which it might be good to go back to basics with a couple characters. We'll see if that happens, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's mostly team oriented at this point now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, let's finish this off, Alex, with, um, well, I'll just say for coolest effect, we've talked about effects and we've talked about some shots. I'll just say, I, I again, I think there's some great shots in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we had more time to linger with some of those shots because they're awesome. <laughs> um, if you liked the cinematography in this movie, definitely check out Chloe Zhao's other films, The Rider, and um, I love The Rider. The Rider's awesome. But then Nomadland last year... I did win an Academy Award, Alex, so I know you might not like it, but well, it means it means it's bad. <laughs> but it's it's legit. It's it's really well done. But let's let's talk about rating and ranking then. Uh, Wait, I do want to I do want to give yeah. a shout out to the the shots with the celestial and they're just like floating there talking to it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think those are awesome. And they, they yeah. I love the celestial design. I like that they're so small that you can see the textures of it. And it's just very cool. I'm excited to see where this goes. Like this, this movie ends on quite the note, you know, it, it ends with everyone being kidnapped. 
right? Yeah. I know you can have this. This can be a standalone. We might not get an Eternals 2, right? But there, there is going to have to be some sort of resolution to what we see happen at the end. I think we'll get, you know, they they started backpedaling. I think I already mentioned, like, you know, oh, we don't, we're, we're not necessarily going to do Eternals 2, like the producers and stuff were, but I haven't seen box office numbers lately, but yeah. I will say that I do know that it did really, really well internationally. Yeah, I can see um, that. I don't know. I don't know if it got released in China, and if it did, it probably got edited. Well, um, it's going to get a uh, reevaluation that, here. We're we're leading the wave of the reevaluation of Eternals. Oh, Alex. it'll get reevaluated. This is one for sure that's going to. Everyone's going to go, in about five years, actually, Eternals was a masterpiece. <laughs> you know those are coming, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know those are coming. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, from the same people that are like, it's terrible. Yes. Yeah, then they're going to come back. Yeah, we know how this, this. This does have all the trappings of a movie that gets reevaluated. Oh, it really yeah, does. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it does. It does. Now, and, and to be fair, I mean, that's good. I mean, if people come around and change their mind on a film, I sh- I'm not going to criticize that, actually. Oh, no. Yeah, go ahead. Change your bed. Like I did with Pacific Room 2. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so how does this rank and rate for you, Alex? Yeah, so whereas Shang-Chi, which I really love, um, it was kind of a lower tier for me. This mm-hmm. one's uh, probably mid upper tier for me. Um, I'm just really impressed by it. Like to have so many characters that I like all of them. Mm-hmm. Like I even find Icarus interesting and even Ajax, who's barely there. Like she seems like a very sweet woman <laughs> and then she gets killed by her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like that this has some twists to it. Um, you know, we don't get that a lot with Marvel movies. Now, I, yeah. I saw Ajax being killed by Icarus early, coming pretty far away. Yeah. Um, mostly because they actually telegraph it, and I think they do it on purpose. But they show up at the farm, and they are they see Ajax on the ground, and Icarus is the first one to jump to Deviant Scotter. Mm-hmm. He's the first one. He jumps on it immediately. And as soon as he did that, I was like, he did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I, and that's on purpose. <clears throat> I don't, yeah, I don't doubt he, that Chloe Zhao didn't do that on purpose as a, some mm-hmm. sort of telegraph, or if you weren't paying Just attention, you didn't see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, and then they do the the reveal that they're not real, that their memories are completely fake, that they've been lied to, which is awesome. It mm-hmm. does needlessly complicate, according to that post credit scene, that Thanos is a robot of some sort, possibly, mm-hmm. uh, because he's an Eternal. I-, I hope that that's not the case and that they find a right around for that, because that's lame. Um, if I they really, make, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a... Because I don't really view these as robots. Like, I, I know, like... They're created, right? But like, we don't know about their organic makeup. Well, they even call themselves robots in the movie. Like, yeah. like oh, I find out that I'm a like a, a robot. super robot or something. I don't know what yeah. they call themselves. I but, that, but I know that's what the reference. But I don't. I don't think it's like 
I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't call them mechanical, right? Like they're these are these seem flesh and blood beings. Um, yeah, but they're hyper advanced. Yeah. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But the whole thing with Thanos is that he's he wasn't like everybody else, which is kind of why he went mad anyway, because he didn't look like everybody else. Because actually, I, and they don't go into this in the movies at least yet. But Thanos is a mutant. Like he he doesn't look like everybody else on his planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you see that with Harry Styles. I mean, you see you see him when he shows up at Star Fox, <laughs> and he's Thanos's brother, and you see what he looks like. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm surprised at the amount of cliffhangers we're left with. Mm-hmm. Um. But this is a well directed movie. It's got mm-hmm. really great fight scenes. It's really tempered throughout when it needs to be. It gives all of our characters some sort of moment that makes them feel important to the movie. I mean, this accomplished everything that I was worried about. Yeah, Th- this many characters is not easy to do. Even even with two hours and however long this is, forty five minutes, thirty minutes, yep. that's not easy. It's not, right. and so she deserves a lot of credit for being able to manage this. So I give this a lot of props. It's in my upper tier. I'll probably give it like a four and a half. It's only it's only half a star better than Shang Chi, but I like it better than Shang Chi. Um, but I'm gonna give it four and a half because this is good. I just wish they did Crow a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and I hope that turns into something down the line. Yeah. That whole story because that that was a whole another interesting question that we were getting coming up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you the know, because they even mentioned that they're guys. turning into them pretty much, right? Yeah. And then we just, he gets cut to bits and it's like, oh. Yeah. No, there's a lot of interesting questions there. We haven't really even gotten into the thematic idea of the fact that these are, these people, they're essentially killing God, right? They're essentially killing their mm-hmm. creator and the implications of that. Uh, really interesting. But yeah, for me, I, th- I think I've talked enough about it at this point, but I-, I like how the director handles these 10 characters, um, even though I knew nothing about Eternals going into this movie. I thought all the performances were fine and they were what they needed to be. Uh, and each of these characters and their powers were unique and interesting and and they played with, and they had those twists and turns. Like you said, they played with their powers in unique and interesting sorts of ways. Uh, I do think I understand the complaints about the film being too long. I get it. Uh, Another two and a half hour movie is, is probably too long, but what is there to cut? I think the, uh, as I said, for me, the Sprite storyline was maybe the weakest, uh, but it was also kind of needed whenever you have that Robin Hood dynamic, as Kingo um, stated. So it's, mm-hmm. it would be hard to cut that. That means it might need to be expanded, but that means you lose time in some of those beautiful shots that, that I've been praising throughout this episode. So with that said, this is an upper tier top 10 MCU film for me, and it is uh, a four out of five. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad you surprise. liked it. I, I thought, honestly, I thought, um, I don't know. I didn't know what to think. I, so I tried to go in and I, I wasn't sure what I, what to expect, but I ended up liking it. 
Well, I wouldn't be. I mean, I mean, I already. I'm always honest. Um, <laughs> I didn't think that the trailers painted in a very good light, which mm-hmm. isn't the first time. Again, I, I, I still. When I first saw the Guardians trailers, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't think it looked very good. I knew it would be good. That was one I was certain it would be good, but I didn't think the trailers hit very well. I didn't think the Eternals trailers hit very well. Um, and. I'm glad it did because I would like more Eternals. I mean, this movie proves that Marvel, we didn't need this. Honestly, we've already got, we've already been proven this with a movie like Thor. It feel, mm-hmm. Now it feels like Thor is just, oh yeah, Thor was easy. Yeah. Thor, when it came out, people were going, that's yeah. stupid. That's mm-hmm. stupid. And look where we are now. <laughs> now we don't mm-hmm. even second guess Thor. It seems like a normal thing that's, that no one ever second guessed. Yeah. And we feel this way about we felt that way about Iron Man too. Yeah. Iron Man, who's Iron Man? So yeah. Marvel's proven over and over again that they can do it. Just now they're moving to C tier characters and they're proving that they can do it. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what 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 we have in store in the future with these characters for sure. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. This is a this is a good one. Eric. Yeah. Next week, Hawkeye starts. Oof. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to watch it. We'll have to watch it first, and then we'll d- make sure to do our Marvel versus Men when it finishes. You're gonna have to watch Marvel What If, and we're gonna have to do a Marvel versus Men on that at some yeah, point. I know, good. I know you only watched the first one, and you're not feeling iffy about it. No, but I haven't watched any What If so far. Oh, who did I talk to? I talked to somebody that only watched the first one, and they're like, they didn't like it. No, but me, uh yeah I, I like it and they said that some of them some of the stories in it will might become movies mm, cool. um depending on i guess fan reactions or whatever which i i could totally see so far it's uh i hope they do just to make it a little more special yeah um but it'll be interesting to see but either way we got more marvel versus men coming up before too long mm-hmm. and until the next time of Marvel vs. Men, or until this next week, let's be honest. Try to stay alive. Try to stay alive.